Hello, this is Improvised Radio Theatre with Dice, with me, Michael Kuehl. And me, Roger Bell-West. And this month, after last month's GURPS marathon, we're going to spread ourselves around a little bit. We're going to talk about things that aren't GURPS. Yeah, different games, new games you might not have heard of. Games that I was surprised I didn't hate. Uh, Yeah, yeah, he's, he's, he's being in a surprisingly good mood at the moment. And we're also going to be talking about the naming of things and how much detail you want uh, when you're facing down a dragon. And talking of dragons... Secret Masters of Gaming. Uh, no, you're not allowed to t- uh, to know how we got initiated. Uh, we get um, to see for free the uh, current bundle of holding uh, offers, and this just at the moment it is uh, doing uh, Dragon Age and Fantasy Age as a bu- as a joint bundle, and we thought we'd have a word about it because. Quite liked it. It's quite interesting. It, it it has some mechanically interesting things, at least as far as I can see. Just to split them up, Dragon Age is based rule, on, rule system plus world. Yeah, based on a computer game. Um, I understand. Oh, okay, fair enough. And, I'm really out of touch with the computer game. Fantasy Age is the more generic fantasy version, and that was put together in response to Will Wheaton wanting to use it on tabletop. Um, or rather on Tabletop spin-off, where he did... Well, uh, Tabletop first for Pure Dragon Age. And then they did a, a spin-off with him doing some GMing. And that the world book for that is included uh, in the offer. Right, tell the nice people about it, Roger. Well, mechanically speaking, it's a class and level system. Um, it's more the Warhammer or Savage World style of class and level. So you have a level, mm. but what it mostly indicates is how many times you've had a chance to go to the list of allowed advancements yeah. that you get one of each time you go to level. And as far as I can see, a lot of modern D&D is like that as well. But yeah, every, everything is, yeah. you buy as an advancement, it's not automatically, I'm a fifth level fighter, that means something. And there are only three classes, uh, Mage, Warrior and Rogue, which is well, slightly limiting, but... There are over eight stats. Yeah, yeah, eight um, stats is possibly a little too many, Mike. Well, yes, but everything runs off them. Um, yeah. Basically, the, the core system is 3d6 yeah. plus stat plus what they call focus, which is essentially a plus two bonus if, if you have a specific tweaky thing like um, swimming, as it might be. Axes for dwarves. Yeah. But if you have a swim focus, that then you can add, add plus two to, to your whatever it is constitution oh, roll when you're swimming. Reading, reading through whether a stat could have more than one focus. I think so. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so, but that's basically skill. So you don't really have skill levels. You just have a skill, or you don't have it. Yeah. Um, the stats range from minus two to four. The default generation is random with a table, which means that two thirds of stat of your stats will either be plus one or plus two. Yeah. Which is a bit bit peaky for me, but yeah. Uh, there is a point by system as well, but it doesn't t- let you take anything below a zero, which seems a bit odd. Hmm. Anyway. If you can't cripple yourself, what's the point of life? Absolutely. Um, the, the way they set it up, an average task is difficulty 11, yeah. which means it will be passed by a stat zero unskilled character half the time. Running against? 
It's 3d6 plus stat plus skill. Okay, go on. Plus stat plus focus, I should say. Uh, it, the difficulties do go up to 21, but you can push your stats up Yeah, as time goes on. The the thing that I do think is quite nifty is you, you're rolling these 3d6 when you try to do something. Yeah. And any time you roll a double or a triple, mm. uh, one of the dice is a different colour and you get that many stunt points. Hmm. Which are basically nifty things you can do. You have to. I think you have to spend them immediately. Yeah, that's the impression I got watching it um, on, uh, on 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 tabletop and allied things. And that struck me as a very neat idea. To be honest, the, yeah, it, it, it doesn't that... give you a lot of control. And compare the D and D model where you, where you might have the feat of I can hit people particularly hard when I use this feat. Yeah. Um, you, you decide when you're going to use it because you can probably only use it once or twice in the fight, as it might be. Mm. Where this is, it's completely random when you can do the nifty thing, you, but you spend the points immediately and so, you and get, you choose rough, roughly what you're going to do. If, if if you've got three stunt points, you can do a one and a two, or you can do a three, or you can do... I'll tell you what it reminded me of, which made me like it, was the uh, specials. Um, th- um, adv- uh, the specials mechanic in RuneQuest that if you if you something that's not quite a critical though criticals are always also specials um, but you get you got a, spe- a special effect for the type of thing you were you were using and yeah I, re- I remember that being called impale in some versions of the rules because yeah, well, uh, well, it was just in, for impaling weapons. yeah you could yeah and, and when there were and I saw house rules when that when there were options of what you could do with the weapon, you got to choose at the time, and that that strikes it strikes me that this is an outflow from that, and much more flexible and more fun and more cinematic as well. Yeah, at this it, moment it, in time, I can just catch him there and flick his helmet off or something. I don't think that there is anything you can do that explicitly gets you more stunt points. Mm. So whether you have enough to do your nifty move is, is still going to be random. It's not yeah. determined by your skill or anything like that. It's just how you roll the dice. Though, do, do, bearing in mind, um, rolling doubles on 3d6 is going to happen nearly half the time. Yeah. So you, you get to do this a fair bit. Overall, I like the look of it, but it's just sort of there. Uh-huh. Um, I mean, if I wanted a mechanistic fighting game, there's already D&D. Well, yeah. They're, they're... If I, if I wanted to do something more interesting than a fighting game, then there's already GURPS. Yeah, it it feels rather jolly. I must say, it feels. Oh, hmm. uh, I haven't dug deep into into the background of either of them, but it, it... to be to be fair, where I said mechanistic fighting game, it is less mechanistic than D and D, because you you have this fairly small set of stats, stats and focuses and things, and you and you you don't really have a, a long list of abilities that you have to re- read through and say which one I'm going to use this round. No. So I think it will keep moving faster. It, but it does. Uh, the focus does appear to be on fighting and on not a lot else. Um, there, there is some social stuff in there. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I cannot resist mentioning that there there is some talk about how, how to give your PC a personality rather than just making him a skill and stat machine. This is in the advanced role playing chapter. Ooh, well, that is let us not strain the newbies by all means. But um, yeah, all right, sort of qualified like it. I'm very unlikely to run it, but I but if somebody said, "Hey, I want to run, I want to do this thing in Fantasy Age," I would probably be quite happy to play it. Hmm. Yeah, I think that's probably fair enough. I mean, it, and at the it, moment it, it's cheap, so yeah, and it needs a it it, it, need, it needs a certain enthusiasm. 
for that sort of thing. Honestly, uh, I, after a miserable session of my uh, of my Wednesday night group last night, I was looking for something, I don't know, dungeon fo fa focused and 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 fantasy and and thwacking things hard. You know, mm -hmm. uh, 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 but uh, I may have got over my mopes by now, so perhaps I won't give it a chance. <laughs> game that's uh, coming out at the moment. In fact, it's on Kickstarter at the moment for another few days when we release this. Uh, I should perhaps say, first of all, we, we are not being given any considerations. We, we're not being bribed or... You cannot hope to bribe or twist, thank God, the British journalist. That's what we are, aren't we? Well, seeing what that man will do unbribed, there's no occasion to. This is Good Society, which is a game specifically designed to capture the essence and experience of a Jane Austen novel. Yeah, that, that, that's an ambition a lot of people have had. Yeah, I, I was involved back some, some years ago in try, trying to construct an RPG which would be um, to do the novels of Georgette Heyer, which are not certainly not identical, but in a similar setting and of yeah. some, somewhat similar ideas. And, OK, this, this is clearly an indie RPG by, by the standards of grognards like us. Yeah, uh, you, you don't really have a lot in the way of stats. Or no. game mechanics, or things like that. It is, it is largely a collaborative storytelling game. It's largely a set of rituals to um, uh, to, uh, to to weave the story round. Yeah, and you, you have secret desires. This this is ideally, if you have the hard copy version, it's a card that you get uh, as, as part of the setup. Yeah. And so, what one side of it is 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 a Jane Austen quote, which is vaguely indicative of what's going on, and everybody can see that. And you, the player, can see what the other side, which is the specific detail. So you might have, what is right to be done cannot be done too soon, on one side. And the other side is, restore your reputation, be forgiven by your former friend. Hmm. Yeah, um, there, yeah go. I was going to say, it strikes me that there may not be... Is there replay in that, or are, are there supposed to be ways of... Well, the, the, the print and play uh, that they've released to Kickstarter backers only has about 10 or so of these, but I gather there is a larger deck okay. that comes with the full thing. Yes, I, I think these would become known as repeated plays, but you could always just uh, cover up the backs. Yeah. Uh, you've also got relationship cards, which are basically you, you, you give the cards to somebody else to establish the relationship. Mm. And again, they've got public information on one side, potentially private information on the other. The, the people yeah. in the relationship know that. The rest of the players don't. Yeah. And you've got connections, uh, which is basically your, your halo of NPCs who will be played by other players. Yeah, as as situation arises, it does seem very much collaborative storytelling to me. There is a what they call a facilitator. Yeah, um, who is who is there to be NPCs and to uh, keep order and wield the the ringmaster's whip in general. Yeah, I, th I think you could do this GMless. Uh, mm. as, as long as your players were reasonably good at it. And there, there is a note at the end saying that if the GM wants to take a character as well, mm. particularly in a small group, then that should be fine. You just need to be a little bit careful about not abusing GM power. I don't want to uh, criticise a game which isn't yet in full uh, production or full, fully available. I am wondering a little bit about the drivers of, uh, of, the, of the action. The action is entirely social and emotional. It's not... It's not of any great um, 
action or anything. It's entirely who wants to uh, who wants to do this to whom, who wants to get around somebody else. Yeah. I, I I'm wondering. I, I think I'm you... wondering where where the where where the where the drive where the, the where the plot drivers are. Well, I, I think that's the secret desires. I mean, if 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 I am trying to be reconciled with you, my old friend, who, whom I did wrong to, yeah, then all right, I have to come up with ways I might do that. Hmm. Uh, but that that then gives me things that I can think about going out and trying to do. Yeah. Uh, the 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 game mechanic is is the resolve tokens. Basically, you you have I think two or so of these to start with. Yeah. Beginning of the session, and that you you spend one to take over a bit of the story. Yeah. To say right, well, this is how this is going to happen. Uh, if you spend them on another character, they gain them. They you give them to the, the well. The player has to agree to some extent. Yeah. And. And they gain the resolve token. So there's there's clearly a, a means of collaboration here. It's encouraging you to interact mostly with the other main characters rather than yeah, with your yeah, NPCs. That, 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 that reminds me a little of Hillfolk. Which uh, I've never played. System. I, I, I tried once or twice. It didn't really gel with me. But that, there, there again, you, you, you grant somebody else's desires, you get a, a certain mechanical benefit uh, for your later for your later use. There's also a uh, a prescribed uh, setting up the campaign or the adventure um, set, section. Yeah, there's a lot of structure that goes before and after what I think of as the normal business of a yeah. role-playing game. Yeah, I, one thing I could see, see players balking at or delighting in, if that's what they like, was the epistolatory section where you're supposed to um, write each other brief letters or write somebody about it. I don't think it... Oh, I've heard an interview with them. I, I, I heard about this because they were guests on the Artern podcast, yeah. uh, to which I occasionally contribute. Uh, and they they said, well, yes, the, it, it's described in, in the draft as write a letter, but, but it's doing this simply in speech is absolutely fine, and the, and the final yeah. version of the game will recount that. It, basically, it, it's a way of saying, okay, we, we've had these scenes with multiple characters in them and so on, and, and we know roughly what's happened, but let's fill in some bits of flashback or describe something else or some, something that's primarily a single character. Yeah. So, you know, character A can, can write a letter to her sister saying, oh, and by the way, this happened. Yeah. I. Uh, there are, of course, entire pistolatory role-playing games which people... Um, which people do, um, mm. but I, uh, but yeah, I, I, this looks like like fun. I might want to take part in it. I'm not sure if I'm backing it, but I might want to take part part in it one day. Well, I have backed it. Apart from anything else, it's fairly cheap. It's twelve quid for all the PDFs. Okay. Um, I will definitely be trying it out. I Watson Hall be be warned. I'll probably try it out on you. <laughs> uh, yeah, it it looks as if it's designed for fa- fairly short. What I think of as campaigns, yeah. basically, they're, they're saying you might, you might have two or three um, scenes of the novel phase, as in the yeah. conventional role-playing stuff in a session, and then, and then do the um, record-keeping stuff after that, yeah. the, the rumours and reputations and scandals. You, you're encouraged to make, make up rumours and then confirm that other people's rumours are actually true. Um, but the, the, they seem to be thinking in terms of perhaps five or ten sessions, and then that's mm. the end of that story for those characters. Yeah. And possibly start again with some different core settings. It it is of course trivially easy to shift this into other settings. Yeah, because there's essentially nothing in the web game mechanics anyway. 
They are. What, what it does require of the players is that they need to be fairly genre savvy, um, aware, aware of the world, aware of the sort of thing that happens in the world. Part of the uh, yeah, part of the campaign setup is how much history you want, how much of the actual um, social. All right, the position of women. How how accurate do you wish to be about about this? Mm-hmm. Is also a, a question. It could quite easily shift to a fantastical or certainly space opera setting. Yeah, I, I believe they've done an add-on which is essentially the same setting plus magic. Yeah. Um, but yes, I agree. I could very easily see this in, in, in you know, manoeuvrings of the, of the decadent space empire. Indeed, indeed. Um, I, yeah, it sounds like fun, but I want to play it. Um, but we are doing you a service, dear listeners, in pointing it out to you. I should point out that there is, I think, my favourite new new t- new uh, game mechanic, at least in in terms of what it's called, the monologue token, <laughs> which you give to another player to encourage them to have a short monologue of how yeah you know, their, their internal state of how how they are currently feeling and yeah what what their nefarious plans are and so on. <laughs> Oh dear, I have players who need no encouragement <laughs> for that sort of thing. So, I'm interested. I'm, I will uh, certainly be trying this out at some point. And uh, if, yeah, we'll, we'll put a Kickstarter link in the show notes. Roger, Roger, help me be a better GM. <laughs> um, I'm currently, as I, I as I say, running a um, rain game on Wednesday night, and the setting at the moment is a bit uh, hand wavy and vague. They are refugees from an island which uh, destroyed itself by uh, un- by the by the Mage King using some unwise um, uh, necromantic magic and infesting the entire place with shambling zombies. Oh, yeah, just blame the necromantic magic. Lots of reasons for shambling zombies. Nobody ever thinks of the other ones. Ah, Well, yeah, nobody had time. It was all flee to the boats. Let's get the hell out of here. Oh, my God, that's my auntie. She's eating... Never mind. The, uh, the the problem I'm having is because I've left it fairly vague as to setting, so I can fill it in as I go. Um, the place they fled to is vaguely Roman Republic, though the whole setting is far future post uh, apocalypse, mm. and um, they themselves are a Greek culture. But all this is giving me is, is names, and this is the po- point I wanted to to bring up. Good means of naming things. How you go about coming up with names on the spur of the moment. I've said uh, that I, I, I'll use Roman for this and uh, classical and modern Greek for that. But is there a good way to be more disciplined about this? I'm particularly struggling with names of gods because there are going to be a lot. The Romans are chock full of gods yeah, in, the, in this setting. Well, for generating names in general, yeah. uh, there, there are two approaches I tend to take. One is the Onomasticon, which was compiled by somebody called Kate Monk some years ago. Uh-huh. It's not reliable, it's not you know, solidly academically researched, but it is a, list, a bunch of lists of names from a bunch of different cultures. Yeah. 
and that that is a good start. If you ha- if you want to generate more, yeah, I tend to use a non-deterministic finite state machine. I seem to have left that in my other suit. What is one of these things um, that you speak? Ba- basically, you, t- you take your existing list of names, yeah, break them down into sequences of letters, yeah, and I use usually use order two. So, let's say you had the word the name Marcus. Okay, this turns into a series of a a, a name can start with M followed by A. Yeah. And then if you have an M and an A, they can be followed by an R. If you have an A and an R, they can be followed by a C, and so on. Um, um, and then if you have a U and an S, then that's the end of the word. I'm not entirely sure what you just said to me, but go on. <laughs> you then do this to all your names. So if if you had, say, Marcus and Marius yeah. as your name list, then you would have a thing that said an A and an R can be followed either by a C... Or by an I. Hmm. I am. You, you, the, you, the, I, I can give you code for this. Okay. Um, you, you then have something that, if you feed it a list of names, will generate a lot more names that may or may not be identical to the original, but will sound vaguely like it or, or look vaguely like it when written down. Could this go go onto the onto onto the onto the show notes or or something like it? I suppose I could build a um. Web version. It might be. It might be a useful thing to do. I. I was... what, what the the thing I then do because you you don't get a perfect list out of this. Yeah. You get all sorts of rubbish. But what you do is take take your fifty new names or whatever, mm. throw away forty of them, add add the remainder back to your name list, and then do it again. Ooh. And you you can do this iteratively as much as you like. The the thing about this is it it's not just you know roll dice for each letter. Yeah. Um, you you do get some sort of sense of it's going to be like this. It's it's this style of mm. you know, if if you feed it a list of French names, you will you will get names that sound vaguely French. Mm. Well, that's quite that sounds quite cunning and saving me work. I was thinking <laughs> that one thing I could do was take the random uh, name generators from the old uh, traveller. Um, Traveller, the new year, not not the new year. The uh, original Mega, Traveller Mega alien Tra- supplements Mega were, the Traveller. Fir- were the first source of these. Mega Traveller copied them. Yeah, um, um, and yeah. and feeding some uh, some uh, rather than individual letters, feeding some vowels to it. Um, and I'm going that way. I'm I'm also looking at a thing called the Art of Language Construction by a chap I heard talk at um, at the Worldcon in in Finland. But I am struggling with it, and it's not actually helping me very much. All right, you have come up with a practical, a practical proposition. It's a bit brute force, but it works. Hey, brute force is what computers are for. He said, offending large numbers of our <laughs> listeners in the process. I feel I, I do feel the 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 lack of um, my linguistic training. I didn't pay enough attention at university. Um, I. I have in the past, and I am at this moment in, uh, in, with this campaign occasionally, uh, using uh, words which mean things. I can't remember what the, the term for that is. Um, uh, and uh, just taking the English English version and stacking it on, because this is a post-apocalyptic setting, I can use fragments of um, actually existing world cultures hmm. filtered through a great deal of time. Not to, to mention keep, zombies. Not to mention. 
Now, the zombies didn't cause... I haven't quite decided what caused the fall of the old world yet, but I don't think it was zombies. The zombies are merely a side issue <laughs> on one island at the moment. I'm not going for 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 World World War Z as the climax of this campaign, though. If my players irritate me enough, they may I may decide to. Thinking of naming uh, gods in a, in a Roman style, yeah. it seems to me that a lot of what the Romans did was um, particularly scoop up somebody else's god and say, "Well, this is just an aspect of ours." So, yeah. so we'll have. Um, I can't remember names offhand, but you 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 have the about aspect them. of Jupiter who who is specifically about your successful business dealings. Yeah, and he is Jupiter somebody. Yeah, this is true. Um, I, I, I as I'm using the rain magic system, I'm using it to give the gods aspects of control. I'm not even sure that the gods are real. Which is an odd thing for me to say because I normally always like to know, normally like to know these sort of things in advance. Do they know if they're real? Well, that's a very good question. I, I suspect uh, the idea of artificial intelligence is, is sort of floating in the back of my mind there. But they're, uh, the, but the gods, the gods at least provide powers to those who devote themselves to them, and they, they are, the effects aren't even as icky normally. As the as the normal rain uh, magic attunement, <laughs> I you don't grow you, wings or anything. You could just have this ma- massive zone of cognitive substrate which coalesces round the idea of a god. Well, yes, I, I, I've got a feeling I've done that before somewhat. <laughs> um, yeah, but I like I like my gods to have personality, uh, but this lot are a bit are a bit anonymous, Fortuna and that and that and that sort of thing. The god of locks and keys, who comes around and offers you you insurance uh, on, on your security. <laughs> we put a banshee in your roof, sir, and it will go off when anybody uh, attempts to um, cross your borders with hostile intent. I'm sorry, my my immediate thought about coming around offering insurance was mm, nice house you got here. Not very secure, is it? We we can fix that. No, that's the Dockside Protective Association, and my players have taken over the Dockside Protective <laughs> Association. <laughs> All for the better good of, of everybody, you know. What? You mean you're actually going to stop people burning my warehouse down? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Anybody burns your warehouse down, sir, you come directly to us. recently had something of a surprise in my role-playing life, which doesn't happen a lot these days. Mm-hmm. There is a narrative system that I really don't hate. Gosh. And it's called... The world is coming to an end. Somebody sent, sent out notices. Well, it's not completely narrative, which, which probably helps in my case. Okay. Uh, this is Genesis, published by Fantasy Flight Games. It is basically their Star Wars game rebadged. Which I understand was 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 uh, uh, their Warhammer Fantasy rebadged, is that right? Uh, no, st- that, that was a Different set of things. I think the Star Wars was the first one to use the weird dice. Okay, fair enough. Weird and dice, yeah, this is going to be... Yes, it, it, it does come with, with, with... Or you have to obtain a set of reassuringly expensive dice with weird symbols on them. Yeah, I, uh, they also point out cheerily that you can you can use an app for the for this purpose. Yeah, you have to pay for that too. So. Yeah, yeah, but is it more expensive than the weird dice? But d- dice are good. Dice are fun. Dice are little bits of plastic that help... Yeah. Yeah, all right, all right, all right. You like dice, I get that. 
Um, uh, how many kinds of... All oh, right, right. Let's start at the very beginning. This is a generic system. Yeah, what it, sort it of is, it is it a generic from? system with a focus on action and adventure. Fair enough. This uh, is the sort of thing we like. I see it as occupying much the same sort of space as Savage Worlds. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're not going to worry too much about lots of fiddly details about how fast the spaceship goes. Yeah. It goes four. Then it goes faster than ones that go three. Yeah. Yeah, basically there there are a bunch of symbols which are not as obvious as they might be. You you can, as I say, use the Star Wars dice for this, and that's what I've actually got here. So it's, this isn't even the standard Genesis symbols. Apparently these symbols may mean something to people who know Star Wars. But fundamentally what, what you do is roll a bunch of dice, starting off with your... You have a stat, you have a typically a stat and a skill. Yeah, and you, and you get the, you, the you, number of the base dice... You get equal the, to the highest of those two. There are different ways of putting it. The way I like to think of it is you, you've got these two numbers. Yeah. You take the lower number of yellow dice and the difference in green dice. So you have a one and a three. You've got one yellow die and two green dice. And those are the positive types of dice? Yes. There's uh, one on the you positive can also, type of dice? You can also get boost dice, um, which are essentially for you you've been given a small advantage by the situation or by somebody else doing something to help you or whatever uh, you also roll the difficulty dice uh, typical di- difficulties are one to three which are the purple dice uh, these can sometimes get replaced by red dice for something really dangerous out there yeah uh, and the, there's the black die which is a minor environmental disadvantage the black die is mainly there I think. Because there, there is a trick that players can have of I ignore black dice when I'm using this particular skill, which lets them show how awesome they are. Uh-huh. Anyway, you, you roll these and you get basically three things out of them. Yeah. Uh, successes and failures. Uh, the, the, the difficulty dice will, will come up with failures which cancel the successes you roll on the good dice. Yeah, some of the faces are blank. Yeah. Some of the faces of each die. You, yeah, you basically count the total of each sort of symbol and, yeah. and put, push them against each other. Um, so if you have, if you get at least one net success, then you have basically done whatever it was you planned to do. Uh-huh. There are a few things which require more successes, but generally not. Mm-hmm. Uh, the secondary symbol is advantage versus threat. And, and again, these cancel each other out. Mm-hmm. The key thing that these are is something other than the, the immediate thing you were doing. Yeah. So if you are watching somebody from a distance and you succeed, but you get a bunch of threat, then you you successfully observed the thing you needed to observe, but maybe you made a noise and were noticed. Mm-hmm. Uh, or if you fail but do advantage but get advantage, then you didn't you didn't do what you achieved, but you managed maybe managed to set something up for somebody else. Okay. There's a standard list of things you can spend advantage on or, or get from threat. But it is very much only a suggestion. I mean, one of the things is if you get one threat, then you then you take a stress point, which is essentially stun damage, mm. things like that. Um, or if you have an advantage, you, you can you can um, give a blue die to the next player character to act because you managed to set something up for them. Okay, which, which is kind of like the stunts we were talking about in Dragon Age. Yeah, understood. How, what's the granular? What's the the envisioned granularity here? How much does a single die roll cover? Does it cover a whole battle, a, a single blow in a combat, um, an entire an entire space voyage? What? Generally, a single action. Uh huh. Um, 
so it, it's closest to the single blow in the combat out of, yeah. out of those options. Um, you, you might make... Uh, th- this is pretty much the same sort of granularity as I expect with uh, skill rolls in GURPS. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, 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 you might need to make multiple piloting rolls for a space voyage, but they will be for the significant things. You're not going to make a piloting roll every hour not to blow up. Mm-hmm. Um, there is... what? Oh, yeah, I should say that there is also the, the triumph face, which is on the yellow die... And the despair face, which is on the red die, which is based is something superbly good or superbly bad has happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you, you you know roughly what the what the options are when yeah. you're going into the role. I can't, for the life of me, figure out how you do probability on that set set of mechanics. Well, some people have done it with stochastic tests. Um, I I have written a program which will will simulate a full roll of however many dice. Yeah, I, I'm not. I'm not it, sure. It's it's certainly not in any way intuitive, but the actual numbers come out making reasonable sense. Okay, I think uh, it's just players like to know. My players like to know um, when they pick up the dice what their odds are, whether they're they're whether they're you know going for the million to one shot, or or whether they are uh, uh, whether they are, are only going to fail if they tie their shoelaces together that morning. Hmm. You know, the, but I I don't see any way. I mean, they complain enough about rain, but you could really you could hard. probably do it with, with if you had if you had an app at the table and you you fed it the die roll you were about to make. Hmm. Um, but I can't see any practical way of putting these probabilities on paper. Yeah, let alone inside somebody's head. All right, what else is having gone gone through the the the, the that is the the big. Attraction come menace, I think. The, that, that is the menace, as far as I'm concerned. Okay. Uh, it, it was certainly the thing that made me very hesitant to try the system. Uh, one of the other Watson Hall players has been playing the Star Wars version for a long time mm. and encouraged us to try it. He's, he's currently running a Fallout game in this setting. It's not an official conversion, it's just no. the thing he's put together. Um, okay, you, you also have story points, which basically work like story points in most games. Yeah. However... Uh, there, there is one story point per PC, and when when the PCs spend it, they give it to the GM. When the GM spends one, he gives it back to the PCs. Aha! Uh-huh. So there is a. Comp- I'm going to screw you over, but here's some compensation. Yeah, the the more um, story point spending the PCs do, the more do the GM gets to do, and this can escalate during the session. Right, ping pong. Okay. R- rather than here is here is your lot for the entire session. Yeah. All right. So it encourages them to. Do the awesome and get the awesome done back to them. So there are six stats: brawn, agility, intellect, cunning, willpower, presence. This is all fairly standard stuff. Yeah. Um, there are thirty odd skills, mm-hmm. which cover essentially everything. Okay. So, so they need to be pretty broad. I mean, mechanic is one skill. Yeah. I think they split out piloting and driving, but only just. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are. S- Sort of character classes. Okay, what sort of sort of character? Well, they're, they're, classes? they're, they're called things like average human, labourer, intellectual, aristocrat, and then apart from average human, each of them gets a plus one on one of the stats, which otherwise will start at two. Yeah. Uh, a minus one on one of the other stats, and some sort of special ability. Yeah. Uh, the the intellectual, for example, can can spend a story point once per session uh, to. Use any skill in the book at a level equal to his intellect yeah. for for one role. Right, they're, they're, they're things like that. Um, 
So it's it's basically roughly what sort of character do you want to play, mm. rather than I'm this specific class. Then you, then you get you you spend experience points. They increase stats, skills, yeah. uh, also talents, which are basically what this game calls advantages. Mm. A lot of them are very mechanical, like you know, the knack for it. Talent says, okay, for this skill or this pair of skills, uh, you can ignore up to two black dice because you're just good at it. Mm-hmm. Which is a slightly different axis from I just have an extra point in the skill. Yeah, um, you I I boggled at the at reading the the dice chapter. Um, so you've gone deeper into this. How do, does does the game present? The game has some settings in with it. How does it present those, and does it how does it fit those settings particularly? Well, it uses the term setting for something fairly broad. Yeah. Uh, one of the settings is fantasy, for example. Okay. Um, e- each setting ha- ha- has some notes on on the tropes that that uh, happen in it, uh, but also some extra some specific gear. Like mm. you know, the fantasy setting has your has your low tech melee weapons yeah. listed in it. Uh, so, some specific adversaries, monsters, whatever. Sometimes some extra character options. Mm. Uh, so you've got fantasy, you've got steampunk, mm. uh, you've got weird wars where. It isn't really tech based. It's it's really any any sort of war story where you also have occult or mad science or monsters or things yeah. like that. Uh, modern day, where they're talking about cinematic realism, mm-hmm. uh, science fiction and space opera. They distinguish essentially by science fiction is in some way limited. You yeah. probably don't have FTL or anti gravity or time travel and things like that. Whereas space opera, anything goes. And. I don't think none of these is something you would just pick up and run immediately. No, um, they are saying, okay, I, I, I've got this idea; it fits into a science fiction setting by this definition. Therefore, that's the chapter I'll start with. I, I, I'm giving some thoughts to running Firefly with this because I'm, I've looked at the Serenity RPG, but I'm not terribly impressed with the game mechanics of it. And that that would be a science fiction setting. Yeah, um, but with modern day weapons rather than science fiction weapons. And without most of the shiny uh, tech that you get in the science fiction setting, what really impresses you about it? I mean, what apart from Firefly, what do you think it would do well? To me, this is the Savage Worlds killer. Yeah, um, Savage Worlds, as far as I can see, is aiming to give you cinematic action in a bunch of different yeah. settings, not particularly trying to link characters between them, and neither does this. Yeah. But the actual play is just faster and less uh, clunky. Um, I, I I didn't find for Savage Worlds that clunky, um, but all right, I'll t- I'll take I'll take your your word your word for it for for now. I found uh, I find Savage Worlds though very old fashioned. Um, it is yeah, class and level, and um, and it, it does manage to avoid character classes as such. But it's still it's still an old fashioned. Uh, well, effectively, it's levels with with those five point yeah. um, increments of when you can buy. Oh a new. no, it's level. It's it's level, but it avoids class. I, yeah, I, I think is what I meant. The but the, this I am not entirely sure of the shape of, and I, I haven't managed to grasp it at all. I'm still working my way, in, way into it. Um, what I'm finding I like is the way the dice will generate an approximate. Uh, you you did very well, but but there's something something uh, menacing about the way you did very well, it, it, and and uh, that that that's what what I mean by a narrative system. You, it, it's not going to tell you, 
specifically what happened, but it's yeah. going to give you a list of things that might be what happened, and then you can choose one of those or make up something equivalent. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not. I'm not against that. It's, it does strike well, me. I, however, I normally that, am. I I, <laughs> it does strike me, however, that, that a plain and simple success is going to be very hard to come by in this system. Mm, there, there is usually some degree of complication. Yeah, particularly when you get to higher skill levels. The higher your skill, the, the more, more dice you're rolling. So potentially, the more successes you can get. Yeah, but if they aren't successes, then there's a fair chance there'll be advantages. Okay. Hum. And, and the, I'm not quite sure how the GM. No, no. I'm, I I may read. I may read this. I may even understand it one day. But uh, but I I'm not quite sure. I grasp what the the attraction is here. I am being the grognard at the moment. I am saying, <laughs> I am saying. Well, why can't I do that with GURPS? Um, yeah, that's fair enough. And for non-action adventure settings, yeah. I would certainly still use GURPS anyway, and I will continue to use GURPS probably for some action adventure settings too. Uh, the thing I like about this is, particularly with uh, players who want to get up and running quickly, you can generate characters very quickly. Yeah, always a good thing. Um, if you if you've got a firm setting, then then you can be up and playing quickly yeah. and w- without having to worry too much about exactly what advantages and disadvantages and things you're going to end up with. For experienced GURPS players like yeah. us, there's probably not a lot of um, time advantage to shifting to this. I'm not planning to do this with my, with my Wednesday night group, all of whom are pretty yeah. pretty serious GURPS heads. Uh, but with Watson Hall, of whom some some are and some aren't, and we're having short sessions anyway, yeah. it's very it's very easy to get up up and running fast and in into the genre, and things are happening. Okay, well I'll bear it in mind, and we 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 commend we half commend it to you. He he's doing the commending. I'm interested. I still want to dig into it further. I still want to run it. And I've I've got to the point where I do want to run it, which is a lot further than most systems get. Yeah. Uh, but I haven't run it yet, so you know, I may well come back in a couple of months and say, no, no, delete that old episode. <laughs> well, we will, we'll have an episode for, for Lamentations later on, and I can talk about Eclipse Phase when we, <laughs> when we have Recent alarms and excursions um, thread, and uh, I'm coming back to a question which we partially covered very early on in the uh, in, in the history of this podcast, and I want to reconsider it slightly, and because I'm not sure of my own answer. We are both um, old, uh, fairly old. I'm older than he is. Um, generation um, simulationists at core we we that's what we do most comfortably and most frequently though i try to explore more and therefore we're used to having um a good idea about how everything in the world is built and constructed but there is there has always been right from the from the days of, of first edition D, a tendency for npcs for the um things the beings who aren't the players to be built differently from the uh, from the player characters to use a different set 
of rules, um, which locks into what the player characters can do and are defined as. And I have spoken in the past, I've spoken in the very early episodes of the uh, podcast against what I call mookism, which is the tendency to reduce at least some player characters to just being shells at targets there for the Mm. PCs to hit. So I'm coming back to this question and asking, does it matter if the player characters and the non-player characters are defined in different ways, if they have different mechanics? Now, up to a point, we always do this. We never, even the most simulationist of us, never uh, creates most NPCs with the detail and loving care that will go into a player character. But we could expand them. We could do it if we chose. Yeah, I'm thinking of the history of role-playing here. Okay. Or at least the bits of the early history of role-playing that I was exposed to. Yeah. Which may well not be representative. Um, Starting with D&D, AD&D, there are monster stats and there are player character stats and and there are different different things. Yeah. They they intersect... You you couldn't say what's a monster's charisma. They intersect in in that one of them can bash up the other. Yeah. Uh, they they all have armor class and hit points and things. One of them simply has an armor class, and the other one has well, this is this is what armor you're wearing, and this is your shield and bonus and so on. Yeah. So that I think was was the default model that a lot of people took, and then RuneQuest was fairly revolutionary in that it said no, you know, a, a monster has a strength and a size and a com yeah. and things like that. So if you try to poison a monster, you yeah. can just use the poison potency versus con rules, the same ones you use for your. Characters. Characters. Yeah. And so I, so I think flattening the rules like that is helpful in that it means you don't need to have all sorts of special cases. If if you wanted to poison a D&D monster, then the GM would have to make a call on it because he doesn't have a constitution score for it. He doesn't have a yeah. it, it may have, have a, a saving throw. It may have a saving throw which is generated off hit dice, I think. But but there's no way to say that this is a tough monster which is vulnerable to poison or this is a weak monster that is very poison proof or whatever yeah. unless you go making specific exceptions. Yeah. In RuneQuest, you just give it a high con. Yeah, and so, uh, and once more, the, the NPCs and the monsters, for that matter, became, by that, playable characters. Yeah, I suspect this may have, may have surprised the designers a bit sometimes, but... Uh, well, hang on, hang on. Does um, anybody really want to play a Gorp? Uh, Probably, I know people uh, they, who would. They don't have any conversation, Gorps. They just, they just sit around and digest things. Um, for, you, you, you really, you're really not going to get any chance to um, to, to to chew the scenery as a gorp. Digest it, yes. Chew no. But certainly something like Troll Pack, yes, which was the, the the troll culture, and you can play a troll campaign and so on. Yeah, well, it would think, never I have happened. To be fair, tro- Tunnels and Trolls did it first. Uh, wasn't there a Tunnels mm. and Trolls supplement about play, play Monst- the, monsters, 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 yeah, monsters. Though default Tunnels and Trolls uh, doesn't. Have yeah. full stats for for the monsters. Um, Traveller had animals, yeah. and animals were on a different scale from people. Yeah, and they and they still are. They still do not. Well, yeah, but the uh, the the NPCs, even though they don't go through the um, same generation process, they're just they're still they still have uh, skills. Yeah, the the sapient aliens um, still have uh, skills and stats comparable to, though uh, Hiver's social status is very different from that of a human, hmm. which is very different from that of an Aslan. Um, 
but they still have comparable stats and, and work in a comparable way and are compatible with it. But if you hive off the NPCs in a different way and don't... Or some fraction of the NPCs. Yeah. Because well, I, I think yeah, even D&D has accepted that sometimes your party is going to be up, up against another adventuring party. Yes, true. And they, they will have their full stats. I, I don't think there have been games where you couldn't give somebody full character stats. Yeah, I well, I'm talking about dungeon crawling, um, uh, dungeon world certainly does. It, it treats it treats the, the 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 encounters, the monsters and other people very differently from the from the player characters, but that is because it's all player facing. The mm. the, the players make the dice roll, the GMs inter, interpret them. And the monsters are there defined as consequences for when the the players fail, mm-hmm. and that that puts a very different edge between players and the rest of the universe. And I'm not sure if that d- does well for that specific sort of story. It's probably not a terrible idea. Yeah. I, I like the idea that well, this is part of my evolution in role playing in general. Yeah, having gone from let's bash up the monsters to well, essentially monsters are people too. Yeah. Um, uh, prickers do we not bleed specifically <laughs> let's not ask what they bleed uh, but, uh, but uh, to me an, an interesting monster yeah. an interesting op- enemy of any sort you know modern game futuristic game whatever yeah. is, is a let, let's say a person using the term fairly loosely yeah. so somebody who thinks at least who has reasons for what they do yeah. uh, they may not be good reasons but you know, I I, I want you know, the supervillain who wants to take over the city. Yeah, should at least have some idea of what he's going to do when he's done it, unless he's a bit mad, which of course some of them are. Yeah. You know, what, why why is it that you are trying to take over the city rather than spending your vast fortune on being elected mayor, for example? Seems to be that, well because uh, mayors get uh, have to do press conferences and. Um, uh, and, uh, and cut ribbons and uh, and get re-elected. It's terrible. And when what you have is a warehouse full of killer, killer robots, then yeah. everything everything looks like like the chance for a killer robot raid. I entirely understand. But th- this also also maps into my idea for adventure a, a design, which is usually here is what the bad guys are up to. Yeah. Here is what will happen if the PCs don't stick their oar in. Yeah. And then they do, of course. Uh, well, uh, actually, I, I think I think I follows from that. Here is how the how the PCs trip over what's going on in the first place. Yeah, if I know what the bad guy's plan is, then I know what's happening, and therefore how the PCs can meet it. Yeah, I'm I'm generally in favour. It's a question of ease of use versus mm. depth of uh, of storytelling. I think. Well, I, th- I think it's worth considering um, GURPS stats, yeah. w- which are divided, certainly. Um, your, your stat block for a monster does not look anything like a stat block for an NPC. Some of this is simply that they don't break down the exact point cost of what's what, because it would just take too much space. I never Not to mention it too lo- making it too long to read. I, I, I never budget my NPCs. I... I'm, uh, I give them what the story needs, and I am not uh, averse to saying, "Oh, did you know he could do that?" 
at a later stage when it seems appropriate to um, upgrade um, a, a long-running villain or bad or, or bad guy. Yeah, it, it's not it's not impossible to upgrade a monster stat block into a full-blown GURPS character, but it's work. Yeah. And most of the time it's more work than one needs to. And th- this is actually a thing that I should have mentioned last time, one of the things we promised to come back to Go when on. we were talking about GURPS, that sometimes I will have a full statted-up character sheet for, for a GURPS NPC, and quite often I will have the number 12. Yeah. Which is their important skills are 12. Anything else they're not going to be doing. I, well, I, I go a little further than that. I will have their... their... Their four base stats, um, uh, the damage they're doing, um, one big skill, and the rest of their skills are about there. I only need really need to know their hit points and 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 their con uh, and and their stats really, mm-hmm. because that's what's going to matter when they try and whack him and, and kill him. Now that's obviously not something I I would do if I were writing for publication. No, but. In the in the week to week game, that is really all all that is needed. And, and if the character does turn out to be important, they can they can be expanded from that base. And this is worth considering. Yeah. That with most systems, if you do if you do decide you what you want to inflate a character into full detail, yeah, that's entirely possible. Yeah, the, but again, there is the. Um, uh, the does it uh, does it matter? I'm not sure that it matters as much as I felt it did. Um, where, uh, but but some systems have mookism baked into to to, to themselves. Yeah, Feng Shui I think was the first one to do yeah. that. First one I met anyway, and um, the one I've played a certain amount of Seventh Sea makes that explicit. Yeah. You you have mooks, minor NPCs, and major villains. It's so much more convenient to say, well, he's dead or is or or is unconscious. He's just out of it. That's there is a cinematic rule for GURPS as well. Um, it doesn't explicitly reduce the detail, but it does say, for example, when 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 a, when a minor NPC hits zero hit points, yeah. and this rule is in effect, then they lose consciousness and they're out of the fight, rather than you having to make consciousness checks and death checks and all the rest of it. Mm. I have, I, which, I have, which is useful if you've got a horde. Yeah, but yeah i perhaps i'm I'm being over finicky about about this, but I want that capacity to be there in the system the capacity to make the past capacity to zoom in and make any detail any 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 detail fully realized hmm. and um uh, and most of the time you hand wave most things the the mountain is high the emperor is far away. And you do not need to know the name of the emperor's favourite concubine just at the moment, but yeah, when you start playing um, palace politics, you do. But yeah, that's that's a different that, game. But uh, but you but and, and maybe the, the the guard at that uh, border post is just a, a boring NPC. But maybe you're going to meet him again, and maybe you can flesh him out. Perhaps I'm making a, po- a point about nothing. Well, I think I think it's worth doing this sort of stepwise generation, um, particularly in a game like GURPS, where a full character is a certain amount of effort, even for the old hand. Yes, true. Uh, I'm very prone to saying, right, well, this this NPC is roughly like this, and yes. you're, you're sort of some some stats, a couple of core skills. Yeah. It's at that point, I, I often pick some random disadvantages just to give me an idea of their personality. Yeah. Uh, or yeah, any any other method of 
generating a random person. Obviously, it will work here. But if it turns out that, well, okay, we're only talking to him once and we're going on, then that's fine. I haven't spent a lot of effort on it. Yeah. If it turns out that, hey, we, we, we think um, knowing one, one of the night security guards at the British Museum is actually quite useful, let's make friends with him, then I've, I've, got, I've got a framework onto which I can stack the other stuff. Yeah. And, and his unfortunate gambling habits and so on. Uh, and his mother-in-law and his flat feet. <laughs> All right, maybe I'm I'm saying I may well say to game designers, don't bake in uh, anything that that stops the game from focusing down into better into greater detail. Yeah, I, I would say make detail upgrades possible. Yeah, uh, you you can't upgrade a D and D monster. No, you you can upgrade a GURPS monster. Well, as 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 the, in, into full character as as the, the gentleman we interviewed. Right at the start, said uh, the who, who was uh, who was with uh, with with uh, Gagax and Anson in the early days. We made some shit up, mm-hmm. and even in D and D, they even in, at the start they made some shit up. And and the the dragon who stopped to talk to you in the dungeon corridors and threaten you personally wasn't just a stat block. And. To me, at least, it's much more interesting to have a conversation with a dragon and try to work out what the dragon wants mm. than to see how much DR you've got against its breath weapon. Yeah, though, though bear in mind, be polite, because it can come down to that at any second. The answer is not enough. Yeah, quite. Tell us about the time you had a chat with the dragon or um, pointers at a game system you'd really like us to consider. Uh, then you can reach us by leaving a message at the website or podcast at tekeli.ly. And next month we'll be back and hopefully, hopefully by then the spring will be here. I'll be feeling a little more cheerful. It's being, it's being sunny. The birds are tweeting. What more do you want? Warmth, I think. Oh, you're one of them. Yeah, right. Thank you.